Well, you're listening to SAFM Literature here on SAFM, and it's nice to have you with us. And it's nice to have in the studio Gary Hurston. He's here to talk about his book, his latest book called The Journey That's Ours, and it is the third in a trilogy, which uh, the other two of which are The Magic That's Ours and The Power That's Ours, and they are, in fact, for young people, teens. And he's just come in out of the frozen cold outside. Happy, lovely to have you with us, Gary. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nancy. So here we are talking about your books. You are, however, a ph- another photographer. We spoke to another photographer earlier. Um, you write travel stories, and before that you were in the corporate world. Um, so what are you doing writing books for young people? Um, well, the first book, The Magic That Tells, was written after watching a friend of mine's daughter zoned out on Cartoon Network. <clears throat> and we got into a conversation about the effects of too much TV on a child's imagination. And at the time, I was leaving the corp- I'd left the corporate world, and I was moving into photography, which is freelance, and I was a bit freaked out about earning money. I was used to earning a regular salary, and I kept on reminding myself, just use your imagination, look for ways to make money and to, to earn income. And it worked side, it was side by side, so I wrote this story for this friend of mine um, that instead of putting her daughter down in front of the TV, she could read a um, section of the book, do one of the interactive fun times. Uh, How old was his daughter at the time? She was about five or six. And the first book is written for five to seven-year-olds. And that's how it actually came about. I had a publisher who went out of business and I decided to self-publish. And then the power that's ours is all about goal-setting and it follows on from using your imagination. And now the journey that's ours is all about self-discovery, discovering who we are so we can actually identify what our real dreams Mm. and goals are. Would it be wrong to say, call them motivational books for young people? They definitely are. They are. They're motivational, mm. development of self, inspirational, but they are stories and they're interactive. So they can be read as a story with the uh, fun times either at the end of each chapter or at the end of the book. Just get, coming back to the, the little kitty zoning out in front of the television, sort of cartoon channeling, she, you know, um, you you wrote the book for a five-year-old or for the parent to read to the five-year-old because motivational on a five-year-old yeah the first book was um i wouldn't really say it's motivational it was mm. just the, the the story is to introduce young readers to this gift that we have which is our imagination but the format was so that a parent could read it to a young person or to their child and instead of putting the children down in front of the TV while they're busy, with the parents busy, they could, you know, they could read a short section and then they could leave the child up to their own devices to do one of the fun time activities that was related to the story, like draw a picture or mm. uh, make a puppet. Or So it was actually written for both, but the idea was actually for this friend of mine who was a mom. Okay, I see the, the connection between the, you know, the alternative on the television, where I suppose a child... I don't know, I, I should sort of put those little monitors onto their brains to see how much of their imagination they're using or if they're just absorbing what they're being given, whereas if you are simulating their imagination, they can, they can use it better. Let's just whistle forward. Well, let's not whistle forward too far. So that was the magic that's ours, and then the power that's ours? Yeah, the power that's ours. That's written for 10 to 12-year-olds. Right. And that is um, a book that introduces young readers again to the ideas of what a goal is, but also how to break down a goal to, to reach your, the, the ideal dream, as well as techniques like visualization and affirmations that are important to help the mind believe that our goals are attainable, or our goals are reachable. And, um, and the idea for that is we, a lot of us have dreams, and we, these dreams are really fantastical. In our minds, are they, they're these huge things that we, we don't, always follow because we don't know what the first step is to get to that dream. 
And that's where goal setting comes into play. It breaks down those big dreams into bite-sized chunks so that the first step appears. And that was the reason for, for the power that's ours. So the journey that's ours following on, the, it, it's for the older child still. Yeah, this is it's about getting on the journey to your dream. Um, this is for 13 to 15 year olds. It's 13 to 15 year olds. Um, and this now is, it's, the idea for the book is to help young people identify that we are all individuals, that we're all unique. And one of the ways is to understand what our values are. And once we are able to identify our uniqueness, we don't necessarily have to become sheep and follow the pack and listen to what the media says we should be we like. And if we, we are able to identify ourselves and our talents and our uniqueness, then we'll lead a more fulfilled life because we'll be able to identify dreams that are honest to, to us as individuals. Is it the same young couple that move through? I mean, we've got Joel and Gina in this one. Were they with us in the yeah. other books as well? So they're jo- just moving up the Yeah, Joel and Gina, they, yeah. they're moving up. They, they're moving, obviously getting older, similar, they, similar age groups to the, to the reader. And then there's magic or imagination that's spelt a bit differently, and he's the mentor, and he's almost like their subconscious mind, and he comes into play when they have an issue or they need a bit of help with a specific idea. Is that Kilach? So, uh, Kailash, Ka- is, Kailash. Kailash is a friend of Joel. Okay, yeah, so, so he's so another he's character. Yeah. Okay, Imagination or magic is the mentor. Okay, but now life is not uh, doesn't go as smoothly as one would wish for Joel and Gina. So, what, what their challenges along their journey? They meet all sorts of things that um, force them to do some thinking. Like what? Um, well, Joel has um, self belief issues. He, he keeps on comparing himself to Kailash. Kailash is this really good sportsman. He's this better looking guy. He's a lot more confident where Joel is more introverted, he's more of a reader, um, and he has an issue with Kailash, which he doesn't actually know how to deal with, and that comes to the fore, and, and um, magic pops into the, into the scene, and he explains to him about things like affirmations, which can help us to shift our mind to be positive. Gina gets injured, so it's more of a physical, a, a physical injury, but magic again pops into, into her life, and he explains to her, Things like we have a choice on how to re- how to react. To, um, we're not always able to d- dictate circumstances that we find ourselves in, but we have a choice on how we can react to them. So that's one of the points. And then he actually goes on to explain to her about how the mind works, and everything starts with a, with a thought or an idea within our imagination or in our in our mind. And it is if we use our mind correctly, it is able to help us reach our dreams. And her story is about overcoming her physical element to get to her end goal. So one way or another, they both have to use their minds and they both have to use their, uh, their heads to get themselves to where they want to be, which brings us to mind mapping, which is not a new concept, but you've delivered it in a slightly different way. Um, yeah, you know, when I was at school, for me, it was a bit of a struggle because it was very left brain. You wrote, you wrote the cat sat on the mat, left brain, linear, sort of left to right, one color. But we do think in color, we think in color. And um, what mind mapping does is it accesses all the points of the way we think. So it's, it's a form of art. It's, it's fun and it's playful as life is meant to be. And it's more creative and it helps the ideas um, flow easier. And once we have that flow, then we're actually able to incorporate our left brain where we can use a linear structure to write down the points of the mind map. So it's just incorporating both aspects of the mind to, you know, to think more to, to allow the thinking process to yeah. be more flowing. You say that school was quite tough for you. I, I don't know how old you are. I don't know how far you are away from the classroom or the schoolroom. But have you, 
Have you worked with with kids to to see how this works? To see if they're happy with the language, happy with the way it goes? Um, all the books, what I did, all when they were still in manuscript format, I actually sent them out to friends of mine whose children were the the, the age group of the readers that I was mm-hmm. aiming it for. And yeah, the response was great. There was obviously great feedback, and there was no negative and critical feedback, and I took that all into account. But it's been it has been well received. Um, all the books have been well received, um, and. I speak at schools and I get feedback directly from some of the students who have used the books and they, yeah, it's, the feedback's a lot more positive than critical, that's for sure. Do you speak at schools through the books or do you give them some of the, some of the material that's in the book? I mean, there's the stories in the book, but at the back of the book you've got personal development goals, you've got more of a sort of a how-to section. Do you offer them that or do you tell them the story? How does it work? I tell them the story. I actually, how it all came about was when I wrote The Magic That Sounds, I had a publisher who at the 11th hour, I went out of business. Mm. And I decided that I was going to follow a dream of mine. I was going to self-publish this book. Um, and it's the, So I talk about that, the journey of how this, the first book actually came about. And it took, a, it took the tools that I write about to get me to reach my goal. And then what I do is I use, I'm also a travel and documentary photographer, so I use pictures that I've taken from in South Africa and around the world in my talk, and I use them as examples of the points that I'm speaking about. You're very focused on young people. I mean, I'm just looking at your book, and I'm sure there's a lot of material in here that could equally work for adults. Um, is, it, is it a possibility for the sort of the parents and the children to be learning together? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That would be the ideal scenario. I mean, I'd love schools to get the books and uh, use the books so that the teachers could use it in the classroom environment, or parents working through the book with their with their with their children. I think it could be quite a bonding experience. And it's quite interesting, when I wrote The Magic That Sounds, this is all about the imagination, a lot of parents came to me and said it was such a great book to remind them about this gift that we have. So the topics are universal, there's a lot of books written about them, but I think that the reason I'm writing for the youth is that I think the older we get, there's a lot more issues that we have to deal with that have been imposed upon us from a young age. And if they use the books now, at the age that I'm writing for, then it'll make that process of... A fulfilled life, a lot easier. And sort of to start to understand the language, you know, the, the words mm. like values and self-belief and affirmations that might not have been in our vocabulary when we were younger. We were talking earlier to Dawn Garish, who has a, a writing workshop, a sort of um, memoir writing workshop called uh, Working With Your Life Stories. And we were talking about, you know, the sort of words, some people have got more words than others. And if you don't really have the words, you don't know how to say what it is. And, and she made a very good point that if you are really in touch with what's inside of you, those words will just come. But you've got an interesting collection of words here. In fact, it's an abbreviated list of values. They're all very, very positive words. Um, what, what were you thinking of with this collection, and did, do they work? You know, values are... Um, it's quite. The list was... I just went through, and I think there's a lot, there's, the list is quite long, and yeah. I think, I think there, there is a lot that is associated to myself, to my own sort of growing up and current life. But um, it's also, my idea for that list is that when we young go, um, our values are, imp- I don't know if imposed is the right word, but yeah. your values come from your parents, they come from your teachers, they come from your spiritual leaders, etc. And as you grow older, as we start to identify who we are, our values start to shift. And that's actually one of the reasons why parents and teenagers start to struggle a bit, because parents' values stay the same, but their children's values are shifting as they grow older. So I was just, I just try to put a, a list together of what 
I think would be positive for 13 to 15 year olds to yeah. to have as values. We're just starting with the A's. We've got abundance, acceptance, achievement, activity, adventure, affection, ambition, appreciation, assertiveness, attractiveness, awareness. It's a good list. It's a good, it's a nice sort of positive stuff. And the whole writing process. For you, has it come very easily as somebody who basically, well, you were in the corporate world, but who basically thinks visually, this is a different sort of um, side of your um, creativity? Writing for me is a serious discipline. Um, I've really got to make myself sit down in front of a computer and write. No, I wouldn't say it comes that easily to me. And I'm not a person that can sit down and write 1,500 words in a a session, in one sitting. but I do enjoy, the, I, I love the process once I'm getting into it and the, the ideas and the creativity starts to flow because it does, it does sort of become like a conduit when the, the ideas just start flowing directly through. So I do, I do enjoy it, but it is, maybe it's a bit of laziness, but it mm-hmm. takes a bit of effort for me to sit down and write. Where do you yeah. go from here? Because you started with the five, the little five-year-olds and then you went to the 10 to 15-year-olds and now that we're the big kids... What happens next? Are they going to get married? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, it, it, I don't think it'll be. There is an idea for another book, um, but it's very, very much in the infancy stage. I've got this, the, the idea of the concept. I haven't done any research, but no, they're going to be, Joel and Jean will probably be about 18, 19, taking a gap year, maybe going to university. So one's going to travel quite a bit and explore as a travel photographer yeah. does. I can kind of relate to that, and one possibly going to university or working, but... Uh, like I said, it's really in the infancy stage, so I haven't... And the real-life Joels and Genas that you talk to at schools, what sort of, you know, after you've had a talk, presumably there's Q&A and everybody gets to sort of chat and talk it through a little bit. What have you learned from the, the young people themselves? Um, you know, I, I just spoke at Rustenburg Girls High and there was a young girl whose name I forget, but she had been through the exact same process of what I've written about and she's actually in, she's in grade 10 and she's, she came to me and she just told me how she self-published her own book so and at schools they do with life orientation which we didn't really have in, when we were growing up um, they do promote val- identifying your value system and having a positive belief so I think the youth of today or the younger generation or the younger generation are a lot more positive and a lot more in tune with who they are if they don't get too caught up into what the social networks and the media try and tell them. So. What about the schools, um, Rustenburg? You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a good school, a privileged school, yeah. I think I can say. There are many schools where this could be really, really useful. Are you getting to them? I, is it, do you get paid? Do you get asked? How does it work? Um, it's, I, I hope the Department of Education is listening because um, at the moment it is mainly privileged schools that I speak at and that do get invited um, where they do pay. Um, I've spoken to people at the Western Cape Education Department and they said so it's kind of a good idea but they don't really have time for people to come in. And my service, when I talk, I do charge at private schools or privileged schools but any other school or schools in previously disadvantaged communities. It's not a charge. It's just I'm happy to go to, happy to go chat to them. So it's not a it's not a financial issue. It's just um, I think it's a bit of closed-mindedness. And the, like I said, the Western Cape Education Department said no. We we can't afford to have an outsider come and speak for half an hour because we don't have that kind of time. And um, I've been on the Department of Education's case. They've actually we have spoken a long time ago, and they were really interested. And then all communication just broke down from their side. And I've tried to rekindle that, but nothing from them so unfortunately not it's i'm not getting to all the schools i would love to but 